0: Go, go. Not going to dip in Holy Ghost oil.
1: Facial hair is not apostolic.
0: Oh, you're just going to stay and angry at God's costum- 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 place. Costum- Whether it's popular
1: or not, oh, we're seeking oh. at what pleases the Lord. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. All right, friends, we are back this week with Amy. Thank you so much for joining me again.
0: No problem.
1: And last we left off, you took your ring, you chucked it, your purity ring, and you said, <laughs> I'm over it. I'm done. Yep. Um, how was that feeling for you when that happened? Um, it felt
0: freeing. Um, it felt very symbolic, a little dramatic. <laughs> um, <laughs> but that's, that's not to be... Uh, it's not unexpected with me. Um, but it also felt like the start. It didn't feel like the end of something. It felt like the start of something else. So I really thought that it would be kind of a, a closing of a chapter and it, and you know, it was, um, but it really just opened up a lot of other areas of my life that I needed to take a step back, look at, and, um, I no, don't just kind of reevaluate. Can you talk to me about those things? Sure. Um, <laughs> there's so many different things. Um, I think the the three biggest for me were uh, kind of my own faith, my own kind of growing up in the church, that whole process, my sort of subconscious obligation to the church and my relationships um, within the church and within just faith in general. Sure. So yeah, I think this was three like, inward ministry and then relationally um, how those things all kind of came about. Um, I think internally it really started this whole domino effect of feeling comfortable to question things, feeling comfortable to think, to read things or watch things that had previously just scared me, (laughs) to be honest. Yeah. Um, Or had just filled me with anxiety. Um, And then to, to kind of just hold them and weigh them, you know, I, Growing up, there was always this thought that God loved you no matter what, but don't question him. And I was like, well, if he loves me no matter what, then what is that no matter what that sounds conditional? So, um, yeah, that was kind of the, the internal. Okay. And what about outwardly? So outwardly... Um, I, so at this time, I think I was working as the children's pastor at a, a church, um, in the County where you still live and uh, where I used to live. Um, and I, I still loved, I still love that church. I still have lifelong friends from this church that I will always value. Um, most of whom are not there now, <laughs> even <laughs> Even the uh, the head pastor um, is not there anymore. He's wow. closer to me up here in North Carolina, we see him every once in a while. Um, and I, it was my first time having a really strong leadership role in ministry, and it was multifaceted. There were so many different things that were either really great or really like frustrating. Um. And kind of going through this season where I was allowing myself the opportunity to question everything. That's, that's a hard place for anyone in ministry to be. Um, you know, I'm supposed to show up every week and teach these kids Bible stories, teach them, you know, these things that I am questioning or I have decided I don't believe. Um, so really the last chunk of time, I would say, probably quarter, uh, that I was there, was really concentrated on who are you? Do you know that you are loved? Do you know that you can change the world? Do you know that you can, like, bring peace here now? Um, that you don't have to wait for it? And... seems like such broad concepts but kids are incredible and they filled it all out Um, and then a lot of it was also just working through trauma a lot of the kids that i worked with were i would say probably half of them were being raised by their grandparents Um, half of them were had only one parent um and they were all together in one big family uh, and I loved doing that. We would talk about things, and it was open discussion. They knew that they could ask anything, and that seemed to be more productive than let me teach you about Noah's Ark for the four hundredth time. Right. Um. Throughout this process, like when I started, everyone was very excited for the the revamp of the kids program that I had going on. I had a ton of volunteers. By the time I quit. It was, which was just like three, three and a half years later, I had like a small handful of volunteers and was basically begging people to help. <laughs> Some of them, I was asking them to help with their own children. Um, and they were like, you know, this is the only time I get away. And like, I have a kid now. I totally get that. But I also know that there's a level of investment that you need to put in your kid's life especially if someone is telling you i have no resources this is not free babysitting please help me yeah. um and like there are laws about how many kids to adults you should have and there were definitely sundays where that was not being followed um it would be 20 kids and me which i could control but then my sunday was spent like i was asleep absolutely 130 <laughs> until it was probably time to go to bed. Um, So it was just, it was difficult, and I kept asking for help, and I wasn't getting it. And our church had been in a really good place when I started there, and I was getting a a small, very small salary. Um, But about the time that I was starting to get completely burnt out, um, funds had started to drop off, and they were asking all of the ministry leaders, if they would be willing to do it for like without pay. And they knew not even to ask me because I lived on the other side of town. It was a lot of my time. Um, and it just wasn't, it wasn't a good fit for me. Um, and that was a really hard decision to make because I loved those kids genuinely. But at that point, that was the only part of it that
1: I loved. Yeah, and that must have been so overwhelming for you. I mean, you've got this desire, you know, to help out with these kids, also these internal struggles that, you you know, you're walking through your own faith of what do you believe, and then it's like, now also do it for free. Yeah, yeah.
0: Yep, yep. And I know that there are people out there who who can do that sort of thing for free. There are people out there who, like, this is what they feel like they're called to do, and that's incredible. I don't think. I don't necessarily think that they should. <laughs> I think that people should be compensated for their talent and their skills and their time. But, um, yeah, it's was just,
1: that was not fitting for my life at the time. So when was your ultimate decision to say I'm done? Were you quitting ministry or were you not attending the church at all anymore?
0: Um, it kind of all happened at the same time. Initially, okay. it was just, I'm quitting ministry. I mean, I had been in it since I was in elementary school to some extent. Um, and then I like, I think I went to church a couple of times after that. And I realized that all the people from my church that I was friends with, the ones that truly meant the most to me, made an effort or i made an effort to see them outside of the four walls of church and that that time with them was more beneficial more uplifting than just going to a service saying hey catching up for five minutes and then going home like there was no opportunity for relation like relationships there
1: so And and do you feel like before you decided to step down from ministry, um, do you feel like you were being taken advantage of because you loved those kids so much that you wanted to do the best that you could to be there?
0: Yeah, uh, I think that I think that I was um, I think that oftentimes I think more often than not being taken advantage of is a passive thing. It's a you are not speaking up. You're not speaking your boundaries or your limitations. And someone is trusting you to just handle it. Um, I think that happens a lot more than the malicious act of I can get something out of this person. Um, and I think that happens a lot in the church. Just the, this person has it. I don't have to worry about it. It's one thing off of my plate. I'm overworked and burnout as it is anyway. I've got all this religious guilt that I haven't faced. So I, I think that I was, um, but I don't think it was malicious.
1: Just unintentional. Yeah. Okay. And so you decide to stop going. Mm -hmm. Um, Was that a difficult decision for you to make?
0: No, (laughs) 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 It, it genuinely wasn't. Um, i i had already my husband had already decided that he was not gonna go to church and this is while i was the the children's pastor and i was ready like i walked into church that sunday after he told me he wasn't going which i was fine with it's his journey it's his walk it's his whole thing um And I was ready for a fight. I was ready for questions um, because that's how I had grown up. If someone in ministry's spouse had decided that they were no longer going to just that church, not church in general, just that church, um, their whole employment, their whole faith would also be questioned. So I was ready. My church was relatively chill about it. (laughs) (laughs) I think I only had one person ask. And um, they were, of course, the most annoying about it. And I knew that they had just as many things going on in their life, if not more. Uh, So it's kind of like, hey, leave me alone and deal with your own stuff. Sure. But other than that, like, (sighs) having gone through that, even if I was technically, um, it wasn't my decision. It was my husband's decision for him to not go when it was my turn i saw that it could be done um and i had faith in the people that i had built relationships with that they were going to um you know see me and coordinate with me and i ended up seeing them more after i left than um than i did in the church because it, when you see them on sunday mornings you almost feel like oh checked a box saw that person talked to them for 5 minutes it's not a relationship hanging out with them watching each other's kids <sighs> You know, cooking meals together, having long conversations, which are worth their weight in gold now, <laughs> trying to, to manage families. Um, right. that was, that's an actual relationship.
1: So, And so were these people surprised that you left or were they, you know, supportive of your decision to go?
0: Uh, they were supportive. Um, again, I was very lucky to have found this particular church. And I, I don't know where they are currently like, like where their mindset is currently, because I don't keep tabs on them, especially now that the head pastor has left. Um, I talked to him <laughs> all the time here. But they are still at their core, very accepting. Um, and that was something I hadn't really experienced. And, and going there was also probably a very big stepping stone into my being able to have the freedom to look at my faith um what didn't sit well with people was the people i had grown up with so the people that i had grown up with in my old church where i consider i had been way more heaven, heavily uh, indoctrinated um, had a very clear picture of what they thought I was like um, what my beliefs were where my you know moral compass pointed all of these things and it's like I had to have these conversations with people over and over again um, that I was like I am not who you thought I was. I'm not who you think I am now. I have given myself, I've allowed myself the opportunity to look at everything. And I, I told a friend over dinner one time, I was like, it's like I took everything, my degree, my childhood, my knowledge, all my Bible awards, and God, and I put them all on the table. And I was like, and I looked at God and I said I don't want any of this you can come if you want because you told me you would and that was like I can't tell you what that did internally to me like I can't describe it in words but it has forever changed the trajectory of my life
1: what a powerful statement like that was so good um I know that there was also a lot going on in the world during mm-hmm. this time of your life when you're making these decisions and you're, you know, changing the course of your life. Um, that had a lot of impact. Can we talk about that? Yeah, yeah. I, um,
0: I think that I stopped going to the church sometime in 2019. So summer 2019. I could be wrong on that, <laughs> but that was it. Was before COVID. Um, and then COVID hit and I had already started this kind of, just lack of a better term, journey that I had been on. And I watched the church's reaction and I wanted to see what they would do. And I was so crushed, so crushed. By what I was seeing, it was not every instance, and it was not every church, and I get that. But overall, what I was seeing from people was just terrible and embarrassing. Um, and so that just kind of solidified everything. And being in lockdown, and being pregnant, (laughs) and wanting (laughs) to protect. Um, My family uh, made it that much
1: easier. And what sort of things were you noticing from the church?
0: Um, I was noticing kind of this. Overall disregard for fellow man. Which I was under the impression. That was not only something that we were supposed to be taking care of. Like our fellow man. That we were supposed to be in charge of. Like heading up the front lines. Of caring for each other. And. It was just, it was hard to watch. And I lost five people to COVID. Um, Some of them family members, some of them, you know, just acquaintances that I had known in the church. Um, But five people that had been a part of my life at some point were gone. um, Simply because of COVID. And... still having, like, you, I mean, you're in Florida, <laughs> you know, yeah. uh, it's, it was one of the things that just kind of kept pushing me away from that table where I had put everything down. Um, I had people tell me that the things that I was doing to keep me and my family safe, keep in mind, I was like in my third trimester and we didn't know anything back then about, about COVID. Um, That they were ridiculous and unnecessary. And I just needed to do X, Y, and Z. Or even worse, I just needed to trust God. I was like, I trust God. And that's also why I take care of myself. (laughs) Like, why I take care of my body. And I'm careful. And I'm not, you know, outside pre- or post-COVID looking handrails. So.
1: Yeah. I mean, uh, because there was a lot of churches um, in the area across, you know, the country Where the social distancing guidelines, things like that, um, Mm -hmm. were just sort of ignored. Yeah. And it was a lot of, we're going to meet and pray and trust God to keep us all safe. But you're not taking the necessary steps to stay safe. For sure. Especially when it was so brand new and nobody nobody knew.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, I mean, it was almost like clockwork two weeks later a huge swath of your congregation would be very sick um and so i just i it it hurt and it was embarrassing and then you know everyone being in lockdown and kind of watching the political landscape that got tough like watching kind of the the way that the church was responding to um Racism and and police brutality and all of these things. Um, Even if you, no matter which way you're kind of swinging on that scale, at least not addressing it. I think that people, especially in Western religion, tend to think that God would be on their side. That Jesus would side with them. And you're not looking at his... At his track record, you're not looking. At, you're not looking at how he's continually taking care of the marginalized and not siding with the people who had the money or the power or whatever.
1: Right, that's not historically who he was. Exactly.
0: So, just even the lack of acknowledgement there, and just the complete inability to discuss any of these things without things getting so emotional. Um, it really kind of just pushed me farther and farther away from that table um and i but it was good because the more conversations i have with people that i grew up with uh, the easier those things became the more free that i was with how i expressed myself um the more empowered i felt to be myself and to express what i felt um
1: even to the point
0: where like, it, this sounds so simple to an outsider, but my my mom suggested one time that she's like, you know, do whatever you need to do. I did it when I was your age, blah, 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 question everything. My mom ended up very similar to where she was in the grand scheme of things. But um, she was like, just, just keep, just go to a, a Bible study. And I like looked at her and went, mm, pass. <laughs> like that like just like that was like pass Um, it's not that is not the trajectory that I'm on at this moment I'm not saying I'll never go I'm not saying I'll never go to church again I am saying that there's so much more healing and so much more journey ahead of me that I need to explore that I need to swim around in um, before I can even consider locking myself down to a weekly thing
1: Right. You know, and you, you know, you've got a young family, you've got so much going on in your life that, you know, what an incredible thing to be in this spot and to be able to, you know, reclaim your, your life
0: mm-hmm.
1: and your decision-making. Yeah. 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 Definitely. Do you, do you feel like you can tell a difference from yourself, like internally from, as opposed to where you were before? Yeah.
0: Um, I had a lot of anxiety uh, growing up in the church. Um, I think that that is a topic not really explored a whole lot um, is kind of this religion-based anxiety. Excuse me. And I remember specific instances where that was released. Um, Not to say that I didn't have anxiety but that i could push back on it and it not made me feel like i was gonna die yeah uh, and then that also gave me the opportunity to look outside of the church and into science as to why i was the way that i was why i felt anxious um you know to read things to go to therapists that maybe weren't affiliated with the Southern Baptist convention, um, which is great because <laughs> that I my life has been completely changed by some people who have no ties to the church whatsoever.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. So I want to thank you so much because this has been so, I think, beneficial for people to hear. And I've, I've loved hearing your story because I feel like, you know, I know you, but I definitely did not know all of these details about what you experienced. Um, If you had one piece of advice for somebody who's on the cusp of leaving, afraid to leave, afraid to step out and start asking these questions, what would you say to them?
0: I would say the same thing that my husband said to me, uh, which I think I brought up in in the previous podcast that we did, which is, If you weren't able to be yourself with these people, and you can fill in the blank, whoever that is, how good of a friend, how good of a family member were they? The people who are going to be there will be there. And I know that now, not in just theory. I know that in real life, experiential knowledge.